Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. Welcome to Rain City Supercars. It's Nick. Dan's not here. So I'm in charge of everything. So that means this show will go just probably swimmingly. Um, we are broadcasted, broadcasting from an old school place called My House right now because Dan's out of town and we didn't make it to Driver's Club. But as always, we are brought to you by Avance, Carter Subaru, Driver's Club, Grios, the official car care sponsor of Rain City Supercars, Haggerty, Rainier Beer, America's Automotive Trust, and Salvo Design. You know, Dan decided to go on vacation. Why, I don't know. He's just been running around. And I said, you know, who could I get that probably would not, would be sober and available and, you know, here? So two out of the three, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'd like to welcome my co-host, Brandon Ben Powell. <laughs> yeah, the other person wasn't available. And yeah, so exactly. then he called yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I called you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, thank you for coming in. I know this will, this episode will, uh, it's, this might be the best episode for you because we actually probably won't say your name that much. As much as, <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, you know, Dan, Dan sits there. I think he's got a little like uh, icon on there that makes sure we say it more multiple times. So yeah. Well, I made a long trek all the way from my house it to was, your house. It was, you know, I drove by your house. Well, uh, road a couple days ago we went out for a ride and I, I thought about coming by and just you know rubbing my engine but my monkey wouldn't be loud enough to uh, <laughs> to wake anybody there so I wanted to, to first highlight this uh, and this is something that maybe you can talk about in my Carter Subaru tip of the day we haven't talked about it and is this is and I saw this um, I was watching a famous YouTuber Tavarius have you ever seen okay. oh yeah and he was emptying the oil out of his uh, Mercedes and he had a magnetic screwdriver as the oil came out and I thought that's interesting one why is he doing that to, I, after I figured out why he's doing it, as far as checking for metal, why doesn't he have a magnetic plug in there? And I started to kind of research some of that stuff and figured out that not only do they make magnetic plugs for those, they make magnetic filters. So I did a little research on that. As far as the filters go, it's pointless <laughs> as far as the filters go, because you'd have to take the filter off to see, you'd have to cut it in half. But if you don't know, um, sometimes uh, most cars come with them. Um, I'm, in fact, I upgraded it on the Monkey because it didn't come with it. Uh, your, your drain plug will, have a, will, will be magnetized so that if any oil, or not oil, any remnants of your engine happens to come off in your oil, you can tell there's something wrong. If you don't have it, I suggest going out and getting it. It's something that will really save you um, if you're doing your own oil changes and things like that. Um, if you don't want to buy, if you want to keep the stock and the car doesn't have that, like I said, you can, when you're emptying your oil, put a magnetic tip screwdriver in the oil stream and see if there's any chunks in there. And it's good to do. It's always good to do. Um, like I definitely checked it after we did the monkey. I was surprised I didn't have any metal flakes in there from like a clutch or something like that. So, Yeah, you typically will always have some amount of metal content just as the engine is running and the pistons moving up and down, scraping against walls. Like there's always some shaving, some particles that happen. I think there's, there's actually actually two aspects that are really positive about having the magnetic drain plug or something like that. One is, as you said, if you see something big, you know, <laughs> to go and, and start looking into why that is. And if there's a big enough chunk, you can't get the plug out. You've got a bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second is change. If you, if you, if you change your own oil uh, or if you don't having them show you or kind of tracking for you, watching any change in filings, if you see a significant change, if you're doing regular service intervals, which you should be uh, as car enthusiasts, 
watching any significant increase in number of shavings helps to tell you something about the health of your vehicle and will cause you to be able to go and ask smart questions about people that can help you uh, look into any other potential issues. And make sure they change your blinker fluid at the same time. <laughs> it's important. Fluid. No, uh, it is important, uh, and especially if you're doing your own maintenance. But uh, And if you're not doing your own maintenance, do not hesitate to ask your technician. I mean, when you pick up your car, so many people are like, thanks for my keys, and they're out of there. Ask them, see if there's any issues, because uh, it's 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 good to stay up on that because it could save you. It could, you know, they always everybody thinks when they they, they pick up their car, it's like, oh, the technician's going to tell me all these things are wrong. Well, yeah, there are some like that, but the good trusting people out there, we're going to tell you if there's if there's issues that are coming, and this is some this is one place that they can find an issue. Like you said, there will be some filings in there, not filings, but particles. Yep. But bigger chunks. Um, yeah. And doing oil now, an oil analysis periodically just to take a look at the health of your engine and, and so on. And they'll actually, a lot of the labs that you can use will actually track over time. Once they have your VIN number, they will actually show you as you do multiple analysis, you can see that change. They also give you comparative results. So they'll tell you for similar makes and model vehicles, what does the distribution of particles typically look like and are you higher or lower in any given area? And what the hell are you doing with this car and where <laughs> are you driving it? So. Yeah, if you have a motorcycle or a high-performance car, you know, or a particular, you know, finicky kind of an engine, yeah. it's definitely worth doing, you know, somewhat periodically, yearly or every couple of years. And, that, you know, that's, it kind of brings up a good point. I, I, and I kind of found this out when I got back into bikes. The, the, the oil change intervals on bikes are so different. Like Very different. I mean, the monkeys are about 600. The KLR, they're like, uh, you could put oil in it once and just run it till it dies kind of thing um it's it's kind of interesting and i mean and the hondas especially like i was looking into uh i don't know if i told you this but i put the klr on the market i haven't had any interest quite yet but i'm i realized that the, it's not probably the bike that i want yeah and so I'm, i've been out there looking but uh and i was realizing through my research especially with the hondas because i was looking at the crf 450 rl or something you know that's what i have but yeah which I like. I don't necessarily like the price tag that comes with it, you know. Yeah. So or the service intervals. Or the service intervals, and that yeah. was something that came up. And I was looking at it going, boy, that's that's a lot because even yeah. if you're not riding it, and it also explains why I look at these and people are going, I bought it, I put 200 miles on it, and it, it's a lot if you don't want to work on your own stuff. So, yeah. oil is important. Um, it's something you should stay on top of, um, and you know, it's a Carter Super Tip of the day, so it must mean something, right? <laughs> so good tip. Yeah. I wanted to have Brandon come in because I wanted to kind of, first of all, get an update on you because a lot of things have been going on, not only the monkey run, but with the Pensgower. I want to talk about and really get into Avance Off-Road. I think it's something that is obviously blossoming. Um, if yeah, you don't cool know- stuff going on there. We just had a, a huge uh, Avance Fest out of Pacific Raceway and uh, Avance Off-Road had a great booth out there. Um, I was laughing because they, they did a great uh, how to pull your vehicle backwards, but somebody forgot to take the brake off. And I was like, yep, that would be me. So let's, let's start with Avance Off-Road. Like I said, how did you finally get involved with that? Like, because you became an Avance member and then just said, hey, I know how to do this? No. So um, Adam reached out to me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember how he found out, but at some point he learned of me being in search and rescue and having a Pinsgauer and having a lot of off-road experience. And he said, hey, I'm, this car club thing that I'm doing um, there's a lot of people who also have an off-road vehicle that don't have, always have a ton of experience with it or would like to have more opportunity to do th car things or off-road things with those vehicles, but I don't really have anything for that. Like, I'd love to have somebody help me 
build a program, build a system and have a, th- a thing in place for that. And, uh, and he's like, I know you have a pins guy or you must know something about off-road or you <laughs> I know own that. I know you've <laughs> like, seen dirt. So. Yeah. 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 So would you be interested? And so we got together and started chatting and we kind of talked through some ideas. And, and, and quite frankly, the very first thing we started doing together, um, running some off-road events and stuff like that, it's changed quite a bit. Like we went through a few permutations trying to find a, a formula for what was workable but also sustainable you know i'm a, I'm a volunteer i don't i have a full-time that's job a, and a that's bunch of other stuff too avance has has totally changed from it has, what it had yeah. but in, in a positive way it has so much embraced the community so that's what i like about it it was and, and the interesting thing was is as we were doing that first chat his it turned out his wife had worked in marketing counter to as the marketer for one of the programs that i had worked on for quite a long time so okay. we actually i knew his wife really well i had had never heard his name sure um but then it was just kind of to have that that connection was fun but we you know we hit it off right away good you know similar personalities i'm very passionate passionate about automotive enthusiasm stuff like i like all things automotive a whole range of different <laughs> kinds of vehicles uh, and so that we kind of felt that kindred spirit uh, and started putting together a formula. And we tried a few different things. We, we did a lot of off-road driving days. So we took people up to the snow and, and got them some experience in the snow. Uh, it was a very avant moment when one of the members showed up with a, a Range Rover off the lot. It literally had the temp tags in, drove it from the lot to our snow day uh, and was amazing, like did awesome. And, you know, That's it was trusting. a great <laughs> opportunity for him to, you know, test some of the different drive modes and in a controlled environment where you had people who had gear and, and experience to help if you did get stuck. So we did a lot of those kinds of things initially and it, and it kind of evolved and then pandemic hit uh, and, and kind of right as pandemic was hitting, uh, Adam had started conversations with some of his friends at Dirtfish around, you know, is there some crossover? And it turned out that they had had a corner of their property that they weren't using. Uh, so we went out and um, went to that back corner and I, you know, got in the pins gower and we literally just drove through the woods. We, they had done some stuff in the past and there were kind of some mishmash that's what of you trails. Do with the pins <laughs> you just pointed into the woods and head that way. Yeah. And, and we kind of drove us and we was like, well, this could be a track. Like this is the starting <laughs> point. And then Nate, their, their driving instructor asked if he wanted to drive and I, and he, I've never let anyone drive the pins gower. So oh, uh, okay. uh, let Nate get in and uh, he, he drove through that same track and we kind of tried a few different things and we were like, well, we could do an up and over here and here'd be a great place for this. And we kind of just, yeah, this, this could work. Uh, and then I came back and I got a, the neighbor has a turbo four door, four, yeah, four door UTV, big, big razor UTV that he's got like 32s or 33s on. Uh, and so I borrowed it and I put it in two wheel drive mode and just started shredding and just cut Do, a track doing in. your part <laughs> doing your part, part to go out there literally just cut a track in and that was kind of the foundation that track and we talked about this is so different that last time when it was so dry i didn't realize how deep some of those holes were i mean and how you know traverse it was to get through some of that that swampy area on that bark it was just i mean it's been a great track and i mean obviously the first time i ever in, uh, ended up on a, a vance off-road event was i did the when the natchez trail one when i had the super that wasn't lifted and did great but you talk about guys that all came together and walked. I mean, they were they literally moved trees so that we could get through there, and which was really cool. So, yeah, the whole the whole idea around Avance Off Road is is kind of really centered on a lot of the just the Avance culture, and it's around 
bringing enthusiasts together who have all different vehicles. We've had lifted two-wheel drive Jettas come through that track. We've had Suzuki Swifts. We've had... Miata. Miata. <laughs> lifted Miata. The A3, that lifted A3. Had a Hummer. A Hummer. Had, oh, that like, was fun. Yeah. You know, all manner of Raptors at different build levels. And <laughs> yeah. Kenny, you know who you are. Like, <laughs> Kimmery, you guys have done your damage and done your, your share of, of fun on the track. But they, They've burned in the track for us. They've burned yeah. in the track for us. Yeah. Um, but they've also volunteered a lot. Those, they're uh, some of our favorite people. Um, but the just bringing people together with all different levels of skill and many people who, you know, they bought a vehicle because they're interested, but they didn't really have any place to go and learn some fundamentals. Like, when do I use four-wheel drive? When do I go into low versus high? I have all these traction modes, sand, mud, snow, and for sure, I know if I'm in snow, probably putting it in snow mode makes sense, but what is it doing? When does it help? Do I need it always in the snow? Do I do it at high speed in snow, low speed in snow? Like, when do you use some of these things? If you have, if you have a Jeep, you have lockers front and rear, you've got, there's a bunch of different stuff that come in these vehicles, and they're all very capable, but knowing when and how to use them. So, really, we wanted to just give people a place where they could come out, learn some fundamentals if they're intermediate they can advance their skills if they're a beginner they can learn some basic skills if they've never been off-road we're going to make it easy for them to get around try out their rig on the track see what they're capable of what their vehicle's capable of and start building that skill set for them i have seen so many you know because we always have a tent set up there i've so many, seen so many people that come by with aha moments they're like i've owned this truck for three years i've never hit that button i didn't know what it did um and because everybody i think a lot of people have come to me and they're like well i don't need to know how to recover because i don't want to go that deep in the woods that doesn't matter. You should, you should know how to deal with your vehicle if something happens because you can be on the nicest road in the world and you get pushed off the road, something happens. So That's right. um, so many people, I mean, I think there was a, a young lady that came out there. I think it was with a Colorado or something. And she just, she came out of there grinning from ear to ear. She's like, I had no idea that this truck could do these things. And she learned so much. So that was, that was a lot, that was a lot of fun to see. So, yeah. So in addition to the track, as you were alluding to, we also run a, a recovery. So we actually split the time. So when you come out to an advanced off-road day, we actually break the time into half. We have two groups. So half the class is on the track, learning driving skills and practicing driving skills. And then the other half is in a recovery clinic. And the recovery clinic evolves a little bit week over week. But the goal is, even if you aren't going to be someone who goes off-roading a lot and wants to do recoveries or needs to do recoveries, at a bare minimum, as you said, if you slip down into a ditch or you get into a position where your vehicle is stuck, you need to know how someone would connect to your vehicle safely and can help you to get recovered without doing damage. So just knowing where those safe attach points are, how to get connected to those attach points, get pulled in the right direction in the right way. There's a lot of well-meaning people out there. You will run into a lot of great, well-intentioned people on the trail, but they lack the experience or the skill, and we've seen a lot of damage done. Well, and it is amazing. Like I said, I mean, I brought that up earlier about Avance Fest and that, and that demonstration you did, and the fact that you can, you know, everybody thinks it doesn't. You can winch yourself backwards. Yes. With enough snatch blocks, and I mean, it's there's geometry. So see, this 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 high school geometry is finally paying off. You know, so <laughs> you know, it'd be good for something. Your mom told you to be good for something. Yeah, yes. yeah. This is never going to work. I'm not going to do this in my life. But yeah. It's, uh, it's been an incredible event. Uh, let's take our, our first break here and we come back. I want to talk to you a little bit more and get in detail on the Pensgauer and what's happened and kind of the story behind that. Yep. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. 
this moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. And we're back. It's like we just pushed a button and then came back, right? I mean, was, that was probably the best commercial I've ever heard. I don't even know which one Dan's going to put in there. <laughs> and let's be honest here. Dan's still a big part of this episode because, I mean, uh, he set it up. And, and I will take – I actually, I will take a photo of this and we will put it up on the episode. Like, the levels are taped where they should be. The card was formatted. Dan nick-proofed this for <laughs> us. So it was, it was very nice of him. So um, a lot of people know you by Sarpins, especially on Instagram. Um, but I don't think a lot of people really know the background of that vehicle. And to be truthful, I had never seen another one until the Red Bull had, they were ripping through the forest uh, around the Red Bull ring. But give us a little bit of a background on that, on how you came about that. And then what's going on with the Pinsgauer now? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's under construction. Yeah. So um, I, I've been doing search and rescue for 11 or 12 years now. And for the first five or six of those, I used a four-door Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Uh, and it was, I went, th- I've been through several builds. I built it probably four times. Uh, by the end, it was supercharged and long tube headers and 37s and, you know, reinforced axles. And you always think stuff. you're done. You're never done. Uh, what I found was as big and as capable as that vehicle was, it just didn't have enough room. And so there was one mission that still stands very firmly in my memory where we had to take four firefighters out to Goldmeyer Hot Springs and we had a backboard they had a, that they needed to bring out with them to get to the injured subject. And so we slid the backboard. Oh, this was an actual above. restroom or, or actual rescue. Uh, actual okay. rescue. Yeah. We slid the backboard above the roll bar below the hard top. And so the firefighter, and these were Nebraska corn fed. Like these were <laughs> big, big dudes. These were, yeah, big these dudes, were yeah, yeah. capable dudes. Which is for what sure. you want when you need to be <laughs> rescued. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and so the poor guy in the back was sitting with his head to the side and hunched over for all the way. And that's a long road all the way out to Goldmire. So it was, well, it's not bumpy, so it's fine. It's very bumpy. And so uh, at that moment, I was kind of like, man, I can barely fit four people in their gear in this if they have any reasonable amount of gear. And so I started the, that started the wheels turning around. I need something that without getting much bigger, because a lot of our roads and trail systems around here are pretty ter- tight and pretty narrow, um, without getting much bigger in footprint, still gives me more utility and capacity. And so it was a, felt like a unicorn. Didn't really it's feel not, like a it's thing not like just, that. It's not just width, it's length too. That's I mean, right. that you will see that too on the bigger trucks that they go around these corners, especially Natchez. And they're scraping all kinds of stuff. Cutting into so, trees yeah. and, and bumping into stuff. And, and, if, and, and especially because a lot of times we'll go up, get people and come back. Mm-hmm. And so doing, needing to do a 30 point turn to turn around if you drive a Suburban or something bigger just wasn't viable. Like it really wasn't the best. So trying to find something small um, but still had a lot of utility and late night YouTube session bumped into the Pinsgauer on, on, on YouTube videos and started researching. I'm like, man, like this thing looks perfect. No idea about availability, no idea how to get one. And start, started that whole process, found an online forum of people who kind of who own good, these. A good case of the Ivanas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, and um, kind of did all the research, kind of figured out what I was looking for. And I knew I wanted the four-wheel drive because they also make a six-wheel drive version, but it's longer. And again, turnarounds get hard. So I knew I wanted the four-wheel drive. I wanted the soft top because I wanted lots of seats. The hard top has fewer seats because it's a radio truck or command truck. Yeah. Um, so it has fewer seats, so it lacks the same. So I kind of knew exactly what I wanted, and I started to look, and, and I really thought I was going to have to import one. And uh, th- that's a good point. Where did the Pinsgar kind of come from? What, what was it used for? Yeah, so the Pinsgar is built by Steyr Pook. Uh, Steyr at one point was part of 
Daimler Steyr. Um, oh. And so that's kind of where a lot of their engineering expertise came from. They also did Pook mopeds, and they've got a long history of um, building stuff. Uh, currently, they build the G-Wagon for Mercedes, so they got, got that contract largely off of the Pinsgauer. Okay. The Pinsgauer was so successful as a small, lightweight, off-road vehicle that Mercedes approached them and asked them to design what ultimately became... Do they do the 6x6 six six as well? They do. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so they, they build that. They build Today, they build the Mini Cooper. They build the BMW Z4. They do a whole bunch of stuff. Back in the day, they built the synchro system for Volkswagen vans. Uh, that synchro system was built by Steyr. So they've built a lot of stuff. They built the Unimog, so people were kind of big into those. crazy yeah. off-roaders. Like, in fact, the Unimog and the Pinsgauer have a lot of relationship. It, it looks very of, similar. And, I mean, it has that same thing in the fact that it's an animal, but it's narrow. Yeah. It's very narrow for those back roads, those German roads and other it, places. Um, Pinsgauer was a military-only line, whereas Unimog was commercial and military. Pinsgauer was military-only. Uh, they were built into the early 2000s, um, not under, they stole, they sold the rights to Aztec, um, which is a, a, a British company, uh, and they still have the rights. They no longer build machines, but they still build a lot of the parts, so you can still okay. get quite which a few is good, parts availability. Yeah. Because a lot of these vehicles are still active in, in, in the private community and search and rescue and, and probably in the military as well. Yeah, I think if I remember right, and somebody will look this up and, and find that I'm wrong because I haven't looked up in a long time, but I think there was around 13,000 total wow. throughout the entire lifespan in all the different variations. Okay. Um, they did four doors, six doors. They did the hard body, soft body. They did flip down with rocket carriers. They did ambulances. They did you a whole bunch of stuff. You didn't get the rocket carrier? Come did on. Not get the rocket launcher. <laughs> It really didn't fit the search and rescue utility need quite as well, but it was very tempting, I will admit. Um, actually, I was looking at tanks recently. Of course you were. Uh, I have a friend that's selling a ferret. I've been, mm. Can you own a tank? You can. I mean, is, is, is that like getting a, a lot concealed of weapons permit or is it like a concealed no. tanks permit? A lot, a lot of them are even street legal. I'm, I mean, well, here's the thing. <laughs> If you drive it on the street, there's not going to be a lot that stops you. So, you know, yeah. Um, anyways, okay. sidetrack. Yeah. Uh, automotive rabbit hole, uh, which will happen with me. Um, but they, yeah, they built around 13,000. As far as I can tell, there's about 4,000 in the United States, kind of based on numbers that people put together enthusiasts. So most people who own one find each other. Um, there's not very many. So between Facebook groups and online forums, you kind of get connected into that community. You kind of know where most of them Finding are. Finding your people, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I have a friend who's selling a hardtop. So if Ooh. you've ever wanted to get a Pinscour, he has an immaculate version. I just heard he's getting ready to sell it. So if somebody's interested, hit us up. We'll, yeah. we'll get you connected. I mean, they, and they, and we'll, we'll get all this, but I mean, you can find him at Sarpins on yeah. uh, Instagram. And it's obviously we're friends with Rain City Supercars and me and Dan and everybody. So he's easy to find. But yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so I started researching, I found about the Pinscour, uh, and while I was kind of thinking about how do I import one in or get one here, cause it's not hard. There's actually a couple places in the United States, one in California, one in Kentucky that do most of the, the, there are others. There's one in Florida and, and so on. Um, Kentucky makes a lot of sense. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's like in Ken like California, I'm like, eh, but Kentucky, I'm like, I can see that. Like we got a Pinscour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so I started looking into the import process, and it really didn't turn out that it was that hard to do. There, there was a pretty good system of bringing them in. I actually found one that got put up for sale on eBay, uh, and it was in San Diego, and I was on my way to CES like the next week. Uh, it's a sign. Down in Las yeah. Vegas. So yeah. I was like, I'll just stop over on my way. So I, I got a hold of him and, and started chatting around what it was, kind of got a bunch more pictures, decided I was interested, asked him to take it off of eBay for me to come down and take a look at it. He did. Uh, I flew down. 
uh, and it turned out it was this financial advisor that had got it from a Sony executive producer who had had it in his private collection. Again, not surprising. Yeah. And he kind of used it with his Girl Scouts troop a little bit and a few oh, things. Beverly, and then, troop Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah and realized okay. he really didn't had, had no use for it. It was sure. just sort of sitting largely unused. Um, and it had the, the Sony executive producer had done some things like disc breaks and some other stuff that was really unique. There weren't very many that, that had had some of those kinds of upgrades. Um, so I flew down, look at it. It had a bad transmission. So I knew one of the gears was slipping, um, but everything else was in really good shape and it was a great starting point. Uh, so I bought it, put a new remanufactured transmission in it, stripped it down and kind of replaced the canvas with new aftermarket canvas and kind of did all the transformation that you see when you look at it now. Is the engine transmission, is it something that's common or is that, is that it's, it's, pri- it's proprietary to them? Okay. Yeah. So the, it, it's an inline four. And so a lot of people will look at it and, and it has a lot of similarities to some older Volkswagen engines, but it's their own design. Okay. Inline four. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, not a lot of horsepower, but there's got to be a, a ton of torque. It's air-cooled inline four. Uh, so there's <laughs> the biggest problem is it has no heat. Like it just anybody who's had any kind of air-cooled vehicle knows they just don't put out much heat. Um, so I put heated seats in it first thing. Well, I mean. Because you're on mission. You need to be able to warm yourself back up. So. It, it's a very different vehicle, but, I mean, the Triumph's the same way in the fact that no, yeah. in the summer, I, you can't, you, you're so hot because of it. And in the winter, it doesn't, the engine doesn't get warm enough to make heat. So, yes. But at least you're not using it during the winter to go rescue <laughs> people. So you're fine. Yeah. But that explains why the pictures of you are you're all bundled up. Yes, yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it, you know, it gets 16 miles to the gallon, and it has incredible gearing. So like a Unimog that has portal axles, which means that instead of the axle going into a differential that then feeds both wheels, uh, the each axle independently goes into a planetary gearbox that's behind each wheel. So the axles sit up high instead of sitting down low in the center of the vehicle, which when you look under most vehicles, the first thing you see is the axles and the big differential pumpkin. That's what's really going to hit. Down. That's what you're hanging yeah. up on. Yeah. So you lose that differential pumpkin, that's up high, so, and then you know, the axles are also up high. So I have, on, you know, I have friends that have Jeeps that have like 37s, and they have about you know, 12, 13 inches of clearance. I'm on 32s, and I still have 13 inches of clearance. And, the, and that's the thing is with those clearance issues, it's at the pumpkin. It's not necessarily that's on right. your frame rails and things like that. Because, and you, you, you run a rock into a pumpkin, you've got a bigger problem as far as differential fluid. Because, I mean, as far as those portal axles, Hummer used those too. People have seen yes. them on Hummers. Um, Pensgauer, I think the Unimogs have used them. Yep. I mean, it's, it's kind of German technology, I would say. more. Than yeah, <laughs> so. A lot of the Razor guys are putting them on Razors now. Okay. So if you see these big, huge built razors, take a look and you'll see that the axles are sitting behind portals. I still, I mean, we've talked about this, but with those razors, I still think there's, there's, there's somebody that's got to come up with a better idea than those belts. Because I'm, I'm watching those guys just burn up the belts. And I mean, I get there, but yeah, <laughs> my own personal opinion. I, so, I'm a fan of the, the Yamaha Ultramatic CVTs. Yeah. I think they're much more durable and robust, but... Anything CVT, especially Subaru. Subaru CVTs, but... <laughs> That's I, a little self-serving. Slightly self-serving. Well, I don't even have it. I mean, to be honest with you, I wish I had gotten the CVT because the, the manual's wonderful, but I have some issues. I mean, we know as far as burning clutches and things like that, but uh, <laughs> it's not my fault. The car wants to be there. So, so you, you, you take this in, you, you do your first little revamp to it, mm-hmm. correct? And th- like you said, the Sony exec had done disc brakes. Now, are those inward disc brakes or are they actually at the wheel? 
Like they're actually at the wheel. Okay. Um, so it does have a disc at the very end in the tail assembly, which is how the parking brake is works. Is actually okay. there's a disc on the drivetrain. So when you lock it, it's locked. It will not move. And and, and to, to kind of give people uh, uh, an update on that, a lot of times with off-road vehicles, you will take the brakes and move them inward. Hummer has it and things like that. And then they will, they will do one on the back of the pumpkin for emergency brakes and things like that. Just so we're clear. Um, okay. So you did your first. You, you re-canvassed. You know you. I know that the Sony exec. You and I have talked about it. There were some wiring issues. Oh yes. There's still kind of are but there yeah. is yeah yeah so uh in addition to kind of some of the cosmetic stuff um making sure i had the utility for search and rescue built a custom roll cage uh built a winch assembly on the front it um, didn't come with a roll cage uh, uh sorry uh um, roof, rack. Oh, roof, roof rack. Oh, roof rack. Sorry, roof I was, rack. did I say roll cage? You said roll cage. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But, you know, no, no, I missed. I'm going. Yeah, wait a minute. Custom roof Shouldn't rack. that come with a roll? Cage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, okay. and in fact, the roof rack, the external that you can see visible, is is just aluminum. It's not structural, sure. so it would not take much damage. But Still inside, there yeah. is yeah. there is structural roll cage built in as part yeah. of the core vehicle. Um, so in, in addition to a lot of that stuff, um, I added, you know, radios and lights and the stuff we need to do search and rescue. But one of the things we didn't do is the previous owner had swapped out all the gauges for aftermarket, really nice video gauges. But because they're 12 volt, underneath the dash is this complete spaghetti of, and I don't know who wired it, but it is really badly done. Somebody cross There's lots of spade <laughs> connectors that are not covered. There's lots of stuff that was covered at one point, but it's kind of hanging out. There's a lot of just dead-ended wires that are taped off. Yeah. Some are not taped off. There's a bunch of relays randomly around under there. Like, it's very confusing to see what's going on. And so uh, the next thing I'll be doing, Speed Hut. I got a hold of Speed Hut, and they're super excited. They have a line of gauges they do that are 24-volt for the Humvee market. Turns out somebody, one of the owners or leads at Speed Hut owns a Humvee. Yeah. And he needed new gauges, so they... Why make, not make them? Yeah, <laughs> why right? not make them? Yeah. And they're beautiful. They've got the ones I, I have, have kind of the aircraft exposed bolts around the side. They look really sharp. Uh, so it's a good opportunity to just take it out. But that means all new wiring. So we have to gut the wiring that's there and build a harness from scratch. Yeah, and so, which is so easy. Um, I mean, level 10. If you, have the, peg, if you have the pegboard, you can do it. It's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. Uh, if, if you've never seen how a wiring harness is made, uh, look that up on the internet. It's, it's fascinating. You need a large room because you don't realize how many miles of cable go into something, but it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, so that's the, that, but it's, it's, it's running now and you're using it for, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for, for your search and rescue stuff. But yeah, it's, I was actually surprised because when we, we did a, which will probably come up in the next, I don't know, when, when is our monkey video coming out? Is that happening? Uh, it's in process. We're working through the couple of pieces, so. Well, I mean, the reason I brought it up be is because we did, we did a fun little interview with the three of us, you, me, and Dan, in the back of the Pensgar at Avant's uh, dirt, uh, Dirtfish, uh, like, last month. And I was really surprised on how comfortable and, and roomy it was in the back. Because when you look at it, you go, it, it, it looks, looks small. It looks small. Yeah, it's but, about I mean, the, physically, when you see them side by side, it's the size of a Volkswagen van. The wheelbase is the same as a two-door Jeep or a Defender 90. Yeah. So it's not a big vehicle. People, you look at it in pictures and it kind of looks big. But if you hold up a banana, no, I mean, if you have a person <laughs> next to it for scale, you will see that it's, it's, not, a, it's not a big vehicle. What does it weigh? Uh, for, about 4,200 pounds is the, um, the gross vehicle weight, the, the manufacturer's stated weight. Yeah. I've probably had between the... Um, wench and the recovery gear, the roof rack and, and stuff that I've done, I've probably added about another 1,000 pounds. So I'm probably sitting right around 4,800, 4,900, maybe 5,000 pounds, somewhere in that sort of range. So what I'm hearing is my Subaru can winch about 4,500 pounds up an icy <laughs> slope. Is that what we're, we're saying? <laughs> is that how you're still telling that story? That's how I'm telling that story. Okay. If you, do, if you haven't heard, I, got, I decided I was going to do something fun on a trail and turn around on the Subaru and did a little J-turn and went right into the snowbank and... <laughs> 
Uh, it took every... Well, I don't think we, we, we went through all of your rescue, but we had to do several snatch blocks. The initial one was pulling the Penzgauer up the hill. And this was a slippery hill. It was a very and slippery hill. And I was hill. very deep in the ditch because of my stupidity. So we, that's why I always joke about the fact that I, I, pulled, I pulled him up the hill. It so. did. It, it did not. Yeah. That first pull, the, the Penzgauer moved very easily no, and yeah. you moved not at yeah. all. And, you know, it's amazing. Once your knowledge came to the base and we got the snatch blocks, it came out real easily. So I appreciate that. At least it's not still up there. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, besides the wiring harness, what else? I mean, because I know it's, it is kitted out with every, every cool <laughs> search and rescue thing in the world as far as lights and sound. And it even has really cool interior lights. It uh, does have interior and, yeah. lighting. Yeah. And it has a bazooka sound bar. And Which, speaking of using it for purposes that it's not meant for, let's talk about this. You took your daughter to prom in this? To her formal event. Her yeah. formal event. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's her, pretty cool. her and six of her girlfriends. It, okay. was, it was right here in Sammamish. It was one of the clubs and one of the... Um, golf clubs or country clubs that are around here and there are a few yeah <laughs> um, and we pulled in and the best part was you know because it was Sammamish there was a lot of limos and there was a lot of very expensive cars pulling in as a Bentley and some other stuff and sort of everyone was standing around sort of yawning checking their Instagram doing all the things they're doing nobody was really paying attention to anyone and, and we pulled in and I turned the lights on and I pulled up and jumped out and had a little stool for the ladies and helped them out one by one. And you just thought, you know, JLo or somebody had sure. rolled in because yeah. everybody, it was like paparazzi, like the flashes are going off. Like all the moms wanted pictures of the girls getting out of the Pinsgauer. It was pretty great. I mean, I think it's something that people know exists in the world, but you, until you see it, like I've seen the reaction of people at exotics and, and when they come to, to the off-road events and things like that, it's, it's an incredible vehicle. And it's, I mean, mechanically, it's so much fun to look at. And, and, the you know, the weather of, truck and Thor. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, the weather truck in Thor okay. that, that, she, that he falls and she hits him with. Oh, yeah. That is a Pinsgauer. Okay. Uh, it's a first-gen modified to look like a second-gen. Um, okay. That has a bunch of extra lighting and stuff. They did a bunch of stuff to kind of make it look it's, extra special. It's been special, forever but, since I've seen that movie, but now I'm going to have to go out back and watch it. Uh, also, the six-wheel drive vehicle in Jurassic Park. There's a six-wheel soft-top version. No, and nope. the, I want to say it's the Jurassic Park 2. The one where um, they're on the island with the... And, and you'll see a six-wheel vehicle go through with canvas sides rolled up. Yeah. You'll take a look, and it's a Pinscower. Oh, okay. They're sneaking into our movies left <laughs> and right, I tell you. Uh, Sarah and I made the mistake of watching the new Fast and the Furious last night. And, yeah, um, that's what my son said. <laughs> I mean, they took. <laughs> I don't even know where it's like. I, I, we were laughing because when it started, we started to watch it for the cars. But now it's it's not about the cars; it's about family. Yes, uh, you know. So I just and they were they were they had they had a bunch of off road vehicles there that I thought was Penn's car. We were stopping; it wasn't. I don't know what country they were in or what sound stage they were on, but it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So um, I did want to bring up something too that that and we've talked about it before about it, it kind of go back to the Avance off road days. Um, we are opening it up to spectators, correct? Yes. Like, you can come out without a... You can park in, in the parking lot and come out and watch what happens, the, the shenanigans that happen, uh, and watch people go around the track. And um, in, can they can they come out to the course and, and learn some of the stuff while they're out there? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. If you're an Avance member, you should be you should be coming out. Um, it's it's a lot of fun out there. So. And we typically try to set up ride-alongs. Yeah. Um, so some of our attendees, especially some of our experienced attendees that have, have some off-roading experience, they're very comfortable having uh, passengers if they, they don't have them. I mean, obviously, pandemic stuff will impact that, but just keeping that in mind and being mindful of people's preferences. But the, they will allow ride-alongs. And then Ryan Rickert, who helps out, he was one of our chase vehicles yeah. on the Monkey Enduro. Thank uh, you again. <laughs> yeah, He has a UTV, a, a four-passenger UTV, and uh, he, as long as he's not in the middle of doing a recovery or something, he's 
very happy to give people a ride around on the UTV. Sure, I'll go run the course with you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah he very much enjoys that. And uh, just keep in mind, if you do take us up on that offer, depending on how wet the track is, which was dry last time, so no big deal, the sides are all open. So yeah. you may get little splotches of mud and stuff on you um, as you go around the course. So just be aware. It's also funny to me, and, and because... Um, if you haven't been to the event, I mean, it's easy to find when we have the signs up, but the backside of Dirtfish is not easy. The amount of people that come in there, like when, when you guys will be out there and, come to, and, be, and be like, what's going on here? What is yeah. this? What's, you know, I've had more conversations with people, especially in like with Chrissy now take, uh, running all the marketing for, we had several people that came up and like, what's going on? Like, is this Dirtfish? Like, no, this, I mean, we're, we're as cool as Dirtfish, but that's Dirtfish <laughs> over there. So yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're just so. like Dirtfish, only slower and bumpier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you hear that we, we, we got the formal invite from uh, Dirtfish for the for their Summerfest? We're going to, Rain City Supercars is going to have a tent there. Excellent. And we're going to have the monkeys, which I was going to tell you, I would hope that we would have your monkeys, Absolutely. the million-dollar monkey there as well. Um, bring the monk, yeah, we can bring the pins guy and the monkey out together. Yeah, I would love to have that. But uh, if you don't know about that, I think it's September 12th. Um, we're going to be out there. We're going to have T-shirts and stuff like that and kind of fun stuff. Um the next Vance Off Road event is this is like the what is it uh, Sunday or Saturday the fourteenth correct yep. yes um, and that's and the only thing between there there is an event um, I believe coming up this it'll be passed is the Camp Good Times Drive-a-thon, which is this Thursday the fifth and this will come out on Friday unfortunately um, and then uh, on uh, Saturday or Sunday the eighth they have the five hundred three motoring twentieth anniversary wow they've been around for twenty years I had no idea. We're I mean, getting old. Well, well no, we're not getting old. We are old. It's been it's been tough. So, and that same day, if you're not going to come out to the Avance Off Road event on the on Saturday the 14th, there is the Avance Dino Day at Carb Connection, which again, as, as I think that's probably open to spectators now too. That's a lot of fun. They they did some tuning on the Pensgauer. Did they? Yeah, it was a number of years ago when I first got it, and so the first gen. Fuel you have photos of that thing on a dyno? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. We, it, the first gen fuel injection we used was the old manual. You had to log in with a computer and set every point and all the air fuel mix and all that stuff. You had to do it all manually. Yeah. And so I took it to them and we did a bunch of work uh, to tune it. And then a couple years later, I ended up pulling that out and we switched over to Volkswagen Jetta injectors and uh, um, an after, um, a more modern fuel injection computer that actually monitors inputs and does things, shifts on the fly and all that stuff. So you no longer have to manually tune it. It will, That's like nice. a modern car, well, it will constantly tune for you. Because so. what year is yours? I guess. You I, it's a 72. Same a, a vintage, 72. Same vintage as me. Oh, it's that old. Wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, you have you, less... You, you have trying less, to get me to not come back. You have back, less rust. <laughs> you keep coming slightly, back. Slightly, slightly less rust. In fact, I hate to say this, but you volunteered for this. Dan I was did. like, I'm leaving. You're like, I'll come in. I was like, done. <laughs> it's much easier that way. So, yeah. What else is going on with you? You're, you're, I heard you, you just went to Disneyland. I, I did. Yeah, we went down to Disneyland. That was awesome. I don't know if, if you haven't made it down to Star Wars Day or to the Star Wars theme section is... The uh, video you had of your daughter and your wife... Skipping. Skipping. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, is it on the Sarpins page or, no, or is it on your... No, okay. it's just on my personal, personal page. Personal page. It, it, if you don't know. So, I, I didn't know this. Can you dress up like a character? So, you can't. So, that's... And that's where this whole Disney bound thing came up. And, I, you, oh. you know, I have two daughters and a, who are big into Disney. And I want to finish this first. It was your daughter and your, and your, your wife... 
somewhat dressed as Elsa and Anna, Anna yes. skipping through the Disney castle, which yes. is, I mean, it's a Disney moment. It so, was yeah. a Disney moment. Yeah. And I, thank goodness I thought to grab my phone and I ran behind them, following them and videotaping I know them. them. It's okay to videotape I'm a, them. Yeah, I'm not a stalker, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I get tackled by security. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Called Nick to bail me out of yeah, jail in absolutely. California. Oh, I'm not allowed to go to Disney jail. That's, <laughs> that's a long story, but yeah. So the, the story is, is that you cannot dress up as a character over the age of 12. They, they want people in costume. Um, for a whole bunch of reasons, you, you can could probably literally have imagine. a child come up to somebody, and you know, it's some That's guy right. in, a, with, in a beard and a dress, dressed as Cinderella. So. So, so I don't know exactly when it happened. My daughters were telling about this. There's this whole notion of Disney bound, where basically you dress in plain clothes, but you you choose colors and patterns and stuff that so, that somewhat mimic. Okay. And it's called Disney bound. Lots of people do this. There was tons and tons of people that are that are awesome. going Disney bound, yeah. and you try to sort of mimic or pay homage to a character. And my daughter and, and wife did Anna and Elsa, and then my other daughter did Rapunzel, and uh, my son-in-law did um, whatever his name is, uh, Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider. Um, and it was fantastic. It was amazing. Yeah, great photos. Uh, we'll have maybe you have to share one of those with us. Yeah, uh, I but, that. Uh, you and you did the Star Wars. You did uh, Galaxy Galaxy's Edge. <sighs> It was um, it was amazing. I, I I didn't know what to expect, but man, Disney they they nailed it. They and, did. You know, we did all the good stuff. Like we had drinks at the cantina, and we. Did you drink blue milk? I did not drink blue milk. <sighs> What'd you get? Um, I got a jet juice, oh. which was really good. Okay. Highly recommend. These are all adult jet juice too. They're right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Bur- bourbon based. Ah. Uh, and then okay. I got a, a Jedi mind trick, and, and it's limited to two two per person. That's fair. And then I tasted the Coruscant cooler. Oh. Uh, that my daughter got that uh, the Coruscant cooler and the jet juice. I, I tasted kind of all of them because we had a table of six people and we had a bunch. Yeah, um, there were a couple other people sitting at the table because they tried to kind of mingle people together. They left within minutes. They had just gotten there. Their order had just showed up. They left minutes after we got there. Apparently, we were a little loud and a little excited to be there. Uh, you're at Disney though. You're like at Disney. I mean, I uh, Sarah and I were looking at doing it, and it's uh, the the preparation is is a lot as far as making sure to get on the rides and things like that. But I'm really excited as a as a, I mean, I thought I was a big fan of jet, uh, of Star Wars. And then I met you, who literally has the Mandalorian symbol on his arm. Uh, we, so, we built lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, that was magical. Was that like, fun? That was a ton of fun. I didn't okay. know quite what to expect and whether that was going to be as much fun as it was. But they do a great job of bringing you in and hosting it and kind of taking you through the ceremony and talking about the symbology of the different colors and the different pieces. And you kind of choose a core theme. And then within that theme, you pick different pieces, your handle, your switch, your end caps, your, all that so stuff. So you can't walk in there and be like, I'd like Bubba Fett's blaster, please. Uh, I'm not a, you know. <laughs> at the, at the, they have a store where they sell, they sell on a lot of the, the specific. I've seen the, the ones where you can get the hilts and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So did you go good or bad? Uh, I, I, I bought three different crystals. Okay. I, I built it with purple. Okay. Um, but I also got green, well, green and red. Okay. I, yeah. I went classic green and red. Okay. I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to have those. And then we're going to have, so four of us built lifesavers and we're going to host a fireside lightsaber whiskey battle at my backyard in a couple of weeks when everyone gets back. That's so. awesome. I'm, I have like, I have, I have Darth Vader's lightsaber that, that Sharper Image sold years ago when they were downtown Seattle. You should come over. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, we're it, it, some good it literally good sits whiskey. in my closet every once in a while. Every once in a while when it's dark, I'll, I'll, I'll stand in the window and turn it on just to screw with my neighbors. But other than that, it's well, just, and we'll get Michael Gatch or Kyle or somebody to come over to get some good photos in the, in the skylight, you know, oh, when absolutely. it gets dark and yeah. everything's lit up. Absolutely. It's going to be yeah. totally nerdy. Awesome. 
Well, I mean, we're going to kind of keep this one short, but I really appreciate you coming in and taking time. I know you're busy. Um, you know, we can get what I with what we want because, you know, Dan's not here. Uh, you know, it, like we always say, it's Dan's podcast. We're just here for the ride. But Well, uh, if you want to give something away, yes. I will give you a Sarpins sweatshirt and a Sarpins t-shirt, and I I have a, pretty much all sizes, so they can okay. even pick their size. So, so at, at a the, shirt at, and at, a sweatshirt. At the, you want to do it for this episode, or you want to do it for the, the, uh, the Dirtfish event? I'll give you one of each. I'll okay. A okay. pair for here and a pair for there. So you can do a sweatshirt and a so, t-shirt now and a sweatshirt and a t-shirt then. Awesome. So when you hear this episode, uh, we'll, do, we'll, do, uh, we'll do your best comment on, on the episode. And we'll see. I'll have Brandon uh, pick the comment. And then we'll get you your, your sweatshirt. That's two comments. That's two. We'll two do two. Well, there we go. We'll do two. But uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, I'll tell you. I, I, I am still grinning. I want to say this in, in the ending. From the monkey. The monkey stuff. I still am. And oh, yeah. so much fun. And Sarah commented, she said, that episode that we did with all four of us, she says, that was the most fun episode to I listen so to because it was just so, we were just joking so much, you know. I mean, it's, it's but the whole great. ride was like that. I think we were still riding the high, oh, like we were kind of still, in that mindset. I still am. I, I just, I still, I mean, it makes me grin even bigger when I go down to the garage and I look at it and it's still there. So I did realize that uh, I did a little, do a little damage to it with my knee pads. They scraped up the side, so I need to do some buffing, but everything. So, um, well, I mean, I've never done this before, but uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. And I'm Ben. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. There it is.